I don't know who you are. I don't know what you've been through in your life. And I don't know what you might be going through now. But I know this. You can have a happy ending. God has a way of taking things that we go through and working them in such a way so that even if it had a bad beginning, it can have a happy ending. My name's John Redmond, and I'm the associate pastor at First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. And today on Peace by Believing, we're going to be talking about how to have a happy ending, no matter what the beginning may have been. We're going to be studying a story in the Bible today about a young lady named Ruth. And from this passage of Scripture, we learn that her life had a bad beginning. She was born in a pagan land. She was not born into a family that believed in God. And if that wasn't bad enough, we read that she married at a young age and then her husband died. And so now she was a young widow and she had a bad, bad beginning. And yet God took this young lady where she was and God did an incredible work in her life. And God gave her one of the happiest endings in all the Bible. And so today, as we think about how Ruth had a happy ending, I'm praying that some of the things we'll be thinking about in today's program will be very easy for you to apply to your own life so that if you'll take the steps that Ruth took, and if you'll do the things that she did, and if you'll let God do in your life what Ruth let God do in her life, you can have a happy ending too. So thanks for listening today, and I pray this program will be a blessing to you. In Ruth chapter 4, we find a happy ending. Now, for the last few weeks, we've been studying this book, and we saw that the book got off to a bad start. In fact, in Ruth chapter 1, we read that there was a famine in Bethlehem. When we come to Ruth chapter 4, we find that there is a celebration in Bethlehem. In Ruth chapter 1, there was a funeral. In fact, there were three funerals. But in Ruth chapter 4, there is a wedding, and not only is there a wedding, but we read about three generations who came into the earth as a result of that wedding and of that union. And so today, we're going to be thinking about how we can have a happy ending. And this is a very encouraging sermon today. Whatever you might be going through in your life, whatever you might have been through in your past, with God on the throne, it is possible for us to have a very, very happy ending, just like Ruth did in this chapter. Now, in order for there to be a happy ending in our life, even if there's been a bad beginning, two things have to happen. First of all, God has to do something. You can't have a happy ending without the intervention of God. But number two, you have to do something. You see, you can't have a happy ending without God but God won't give you a happy ending without you. It is a partnership. There are certain things that God will do to give you a happy ending. But there are certain things that you must do if the story of your life... You see, if you think about it, your life is like a book, and so is mine, and it's still being written. And the fact that we're still alive and here today says that the last chapter of our life story has not been written yet. And I'm saying to you, that story can have a happy ending if certain things happen. Now, as we think about this today, 
Let's think first of all about what, is, what does God have to do or what do we need God to do? Or maybe a better question to ask is simply this. Where is God and what is God doing when our lives seem to be falling apart? We've probably all asked that question. In fact, we've probably all said to God, God, where are you? Or God, why did you allow this to happen to me? Or God, why did you allow my family member to go through what they're going through? And those are not bad questions. It's okay for us to ask those questions. But a better question would be, God, what are you doing? Because God may never tell you why. And he may not give you the answer to that until you get to heaven. But the question is, God, what, what are you doing? What are you up to in my life? Let me give you two things to write down. Number one, when your life seems to have fallen apart like Ruth's did at the beginning of this story. Her husband died. Her brother-in-law died. Her father-in-law died. Things just went from bad to worse. The question is, what is God doing? Number one thing, and this is so very encouraging to me, God is watching God is watching. Sometimes in life we go through a situation and we feel like God doesn't even know what's going on. Friend, let me say, God knows everything that's going on. You may have gone through something in your life and you say, God doesn't have any idea what I am going through. Yes, He does. You say, well, God doesn't know what these people have done to me at work. Yes, He does. God didn't even hear what these people said about me. Yes, He did. God heard it. God saw it. God knows exactly what you've been through. God knows exactly what you're going through right now. And I find a great deal of peace in knowing that anytime I feel like my life's falling apart, that God in heaven is looking down, God is watching, and God knows exactly what I'm going through. Second thing that God is doing, not only is He watching, but God is working. God is always up to something. God never allows His children to go through anything unless He has a good purpose in mind. And He is always working. You say, John, what's He doing? In this situation that I'm in right now, when my life seems to have fallen apart, okay, God is watching. That means He knows what's going on. God is working, but what specifically is God doing? Well, there are three words, in fact, there are three prepositions that always encourage me when I feel like my life seems to be falling apart or I'm going through something that I can't understand and it doesn't seem like God, if, if God really loved me that He would have allowed this to come into my life. There are three words that help me, and I think they'll help encourage you today when we feel like that. Number one, God is working in you. In other words, there's something that God wants to do in you. I'm talking about in your heart, in your soul, personally, just between you and Him. And the primary thing that God wants to do is that He wants to strengthen our faith. Now, I know you're in Ruth, and we're going to come to Ruth actually towards the end of the sermon today before we actually get to the Ruth reading. But I want to just read you a passage in 1 Peter chapter 1. And beginning in verse 6, you might want to just write this reference down. The Bible says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, or since it is necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so in this passage, the Bible is comparing our faith to gold. Gold is very valuable. 
And yet, before the gold becomes valuable, it has to go through a process of refinement and purification. And all the dross has to be burned out. God says your faith is like that. And God values your faith more than we value gold. And God says the most important thing in a human being's life is their faith. Because faith to God is everything. The Bible says without faith we can't be saved. Uh, you, You can't Nobody's ever been saved without faith, so faith is what it takes to get us into a relationship with God to begin with. But even after we get saved, just because you got saved, that doesn't mean your faith is as strong as it can be and God wants it to be. In fact, the Bible teaches that we can be saved with just a little bitty faith, mustard seed faith. But in order for us to grow and develop and become the people God wants us to be, that faith has to grow and that faith has to be purified. And God, as He looks with x-ray vision into your heart and mind, sometimes he sees things in our faith that prevent our faith from growing. He sees fear, anxiety, doubt, worry. And so God says, that's like dross to gold, and I've got to burn that out. And so one of the things that God is doing when your life seems to be falling apart is that he is purifying your faith because God knows the stronger faith you have, the more peace and joy you're going to have and the more effective you're going to be in your Christian life. So that's the first thing he's doing. He's strengthening our faith. Another thing that God is doing, he is developing our character. God is always in the process of developing our character and making us more like Jesus. Most of us are familiar with Romans 8, 28. It talks about that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. But listen to Romans 8, 29. The Bible says, For whom He foreknew, that is, God knew you before you were ever born. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So God's plan for your life is that you would be like Jesus. Now, that's not going to happen fully until we get to heaven. The Bible says we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. But even now, God is in the process of molding us, shaping us, turning us, twisting us, making us like Jesus Christ. And that's why sometimes he allows our lives to fall apart. Because when that happens, we turn to Him in a fresh way. Our faith gets more pure, and we seek after Him. And in the process, we become more like Jesus. I was home on Friday, and I was thinking about the sermon. But even more than the sermon, I was just thinking about my own life. And I felt like that God gave me an insight onto something. In fact, it really didn't have anything to do with the sermon at that point. It just had to do with me. And it was so, I thought, so good and so practical that later in the day I got my prayer journal and I just wrote that down in the back of my prayer journal where sometimes if I feel like God gave me a thought or I read something in the scripture that was good for me, I just write it down. And here's what I wrote down on, uh, on Friday. Is the, this is the most recent thing that God has put on my heart and I thought it was so very good. You ready to hear it? If you are, say amen. It's, say spill the beans. Tell me what it is. Here, here's what it was. Every situation in life is an opportunity to respond like Jesus would. And then dot, dot, dot. And I don't know if God told me dot, dot, dot. But when I was writing that, it's dot, dot, dot. Both outwardly and in our hearts. Don't say that again. That's actually life-changing if you think about it. 
Every situation in life is an opportunity. The word opportunity is the key word. Every situation in life is an opportunity to respond like Jesus, dot, 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 both outwardly and in our hearts. You can take any situation in life and apply that truth to that. Temptation, when you're tempted to sin, what is that? It is an opportunity to respond like Jesus. It's an opportunity to resist that temptation. When you go through adversity in life, it's an opportunity to respond like Jesus. When you feel rejected, mistreated, somebody's done you wrong, talk behind your back, all in the world that is, it is an opportunity to respond like Jesus, but not only outwardly. You know, sometimes we can just be disciplined enough to respond right outwardly, but God wants us to respond right in our hearts. And so if you think about that, that's the process God uses to make us like Jesus. He allows these things into our life. Sometimes they're big things, sometimes they're little things, but every situation in life is an opportunity to respond like Jesus outwardly and in our hearts with love and with faith and with patience and with kindness and with grace and with compassion and with concern for people. It's not always just how we respond outwardly, but it is how we respond in our hearts. And so when you feel like your life has fallen apart, and some of you may feel that way now, you need to understand that, first of all, God is doing something in you. He's strengthening your faith. He's developing your character to make you more like Jesus. You still with me? Say amen. amen. But not only is God doing something in you, God, even now, is in the process of doing something for you. That's the second preposition. In you and then for you. We are familiar now with the story of Ruth. She lost her husband. What was God doing? Well, first, he was in the process of doing something in Ruth. When Ruth's husband died, she wasn't saved. She was not a believer. She was not a child of God. So God said, now that this has happened, I've got to do something in this girl's heart. And he did, and she got saved. But God didn't stop there. God didn't just say, okay, now Ruth's saved. I'll go on to somebody else. God said, no. Now what I'm going to do, I'm going to do something for Ruth. And he did. He brought Boaz into her life, and they got married, and it was a great, uh, a great union, and it was a very happy ending. In a similar way, when you feel like your life has fallen apart. See, Ruth couldn't see what God was doing. All she knew was her husband had died, and she was sad. But God was in heaven saying, Ruth, I, I'm watching this. I'm very much aware of what's going on. I know you're heartbroken, and I know this doesn't make sense to you, how at such a young age you could have become a widow. But Ruth, what you don't understand is, even now, I'm in the process of doing something in you, and then I'm going to do something for you. Same is true for you today. You can't see it, but I'm telling you today on the authority of God's Word, God is in the process right this moment of doing something for you. You say, John, my life's so messed up. This situation's so bad. There's not anything God can do for me at this time. Maybe He can do something in me, but not for me. It's too late for me. Never too late for you. Many examples on this. Maybe one of the best is a man named Dave Ramsey. Many of us have been through that financial uh, peace university. Dave Ramsey is on the radio all over the nation, and he is uh, the financial guru. He's the financial advisor uh, to so many people today. It's call-in radio station, lives in Nashville, Tennessee. He preached at our church about 15 years ago. Dave Ramsey is a wonderful Christian man. Did you know, however... That about 20 years ago, 
Dave Ramsey, not long after he had gotten married, he and his wife, I believe they were living in California at the time, he actually got in such financial trouble that he went bankrupt, lost all of his money, had to file for bankruptcy. Now, let me ask you a question. When Dave Ramsey was bankrupt, do you think he ever thought in his mind, well, here I am, bankrupt, don't have a dollar to my name. One of these days, I'll tell the world how to spend their money. I'll tell everybody how to get in the shape that I'm in. Do you think Dave, when he was bankrupt, thought, one day I'll tell America how to manage their money? No. He thought financially he was finished, and yet God was in heaven. What was God doing? God was watching. God said, Dave, got yourself in trouble with some bad financial decisions there, but that's okay. I'm not giving up on you. You had a bad beginning, but you're going to have a happy ending. I'm watching, and I'm working, and through this, I'm going to do some things in you. I'm going to teach you to trust me. I'm going to make you more like Jesus. Not only that, I'm going to give you some financial wisdom. I'm going to show you how to spend and invest money. But Dave, you can't see it. But right now, I am in the process of setting you up and giving you a ministry and giving you a job and giving you a career so that one day from this mess you've been through, you can tell all of America how to manage their money. And see, that's the kind of God, he, he's always doing something for us. Not just in us, but he's also doing something for us. But not just for us, God is all, this, this is kind of the end of this part of what God is doing. He's in the process of doing something through us. And that's the third word, through us. He begins doing something in us, then he does something for us. But see, God wants to do something through us, through that situation you're going through right now where you feel like your life has completely fallen apart. You can't see it right now, but God is in the process of preparing you so that you can be a blessing and so that you can be an encouragement to others. Now, let me read you another verse. You can jot the reference down. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, listen to this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Now listen to this next verse. Who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And so God is saying, when you feel like your life's falling apart, maybe it is falling apart. God says, what I'm going to do is comfort you. I'm going to put your life back together. You know, sometimes you'll hear somebody say, well, the bottom fell out of my life. Well, I think we've all felt that, and we know what we, know what we mean by that. But friends, strictly speaking, if you're saved, the bottom can't fall out of your life because Jesus is the foundation. I mean, the bottom can't fall out if Jesus is the foundation. In Deuteronomy 33, 27, it says, underneath us are the everlasting arms of God. So how's the bottom going to fall out if that's what's underneath God's everlasting arms? But God is comforting us, and he does comfort us so that we then can comfort others. That's what happened to Dave. That's what happens to all of us. Think about Ruth with what she had been through, lost her husband. But in time, God brought her Boaz, and, he, and Ruth got saved, and all these things are happening. But then God did something through Ruth, 
In Ruth chapter 4, when this story ends, Ruth and Boaz are married. They have a child. Ruth became the mother of Obed. She became the grandmother of Jesse. She became the great-grandmother of King David. And she became an ancestor of Jesus Christ. So that God had not only done something in Ruth and for Ruth, but God now has done something through Ruth so that now because of what she's been through, she becomes a blessing to other people. And so that's what God wants to do for you. And so today you say, I don't understand. Where is God? What is God doing? That's what God's doing. He's working in you, for you, and through you. It is so encouraging to me to know that when we're going through a difficult time in our lives that makes absolutely no sense to us, that God is very much at work in our hearts. We can't always see what God is doing. But just because we can't see what God's doing, that doesn't mean that He's not doing anything. Sometimes we pray about something and we don't hear anything in response. But just because we can't hear God, that doesn't mean God's not up to something great in our lives. So today, wherever you are, you need to be encouraged and you need to remember that God wants to do something in you. God wants to do something for you, and ultimately, God wants to do something through you. And if you will respond to whatever you're going through in the right way, that is with faith and class and dignity and total trust in God, if you'll respond like that, God's going to end up turning this situation that you're now going through around, and somehow He will take what the enemy meant for bad, and he will take what may have been bad in and of itself, and God will bring something very good out of it. But it all begins when you make a decision to go God's way, when you make a decision to trust God with that situation. And so to those of you out there today listening to this message, and you're saved, you're a Christian, you know that you're going to heaven when you die, maybe today what you need to do is just in a fresh new way, say to God, Lord, right now with what I'm facing, what I'm going through, I want you to know that I trust you. Some of you may be like Ruth. Maybe you've lost a spouse. You've maybe lost someone who was very close to you, maybe a parent or maybe a sibling or maybe a close friend or maybe even a child, and your heart is heavy and you can't see through this right now. And that's certainly understandable. That You're just going through a time of grief, and we can't rush that process. But even in your time of grief, you need to understand that God has a way to bring you through this, and God wants to comfort you as only He can. God comforted Ruth, and God can comfort you, and God can comfort me when we go through times of heartache, when we go through times of loss. But today, if you're listening and you say, you know what, I'm kind of like Ruth in another way, not just that I've been through a time of loss, but some listening today would say, you know what, John, I'm not sure that I'm saved. I'm not sure that I have ever received Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, and I need to do what Ruth did. I need to put my faith in, in God, and I need to receive His forgiveness in my life. And so today, the good news is that God is always listening when we call on Him for, our, for salvation. We ask Him to forgive us of our sins. And today, if you would like to know for sure that Jesus Christ is living in your heart, would you just pray this prayer? Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, forgive my sins, and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me, and I trust you to do it. And friend, if you have prayed that prayer, God has heard you. Whether you're in your car, your house, wherever you might be, in your office, God has heard that prayer. God has answered that prayer. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And today, He has saved 
you. And so I want to welcome you to the family of God. I want to give you the promise based on God's word that he will never leave you. You never need to ask Jesus to come into your heart again because he's never going away. Once Christ lives in our heart, he is there forever and for always. And so today really is the greatest day of your life. I would encourage you, if you don't have a good church in the area where you live, find one. The denomination is not as important as the fact that you need a church that preaches the Bible, that believes the Bible to be the perfect Word of God. You need a church that is filled with uh, loving people that can become your brothers and sisters in Christ, that you could uh, get to know them in a small group setting, a Sunday school class or some way. So I would just encourage you to, to visit some churches in your area and ask God to lead you to the right one. I would also encourage you to visit our website at peacebybelieving.org peacebybelieving.org. We have lots of sermons on there that I think will be a blessing to you. We also have some booklets on various topics about the Christian life and about life in general that I think would be a help to you. Just find the little tab that says spiritual growth. Click on that and you'll find those booklets. Thanks for being with us today on Peace by Believing. Have a great week and we'll look forward to being with you next time.